Mr. Leonard, Mr. Carlson, would you like to buy some candy bars for charity? Uh, sure. We're just going to buy the same candy inside the store, but for less. Oh, man, that went south quick. I gotta find a bathroom. Your candy is tainted. The Bat Boy prize is forever beyond your reach. Candy for sale. Get your unpoisoned candy. It's laxative free for today's lifestyle. Melts in your mouth, not in your pants. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode EABF16. It is The Bart of War. I am Dando. I am Guy. And Dando, are you sure that the episode number for The Bart of War wasn't POS? Oh boy! What a terrible episode! You didn't like this one, okay? I wasn't a huge oh. fan. I thought it was pretty average. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I think there might be a contender against Simpson Safari. Really? You liked it? You disliked it that much? Wow, we. I did not enjoy this episode. Okay, but for what reasons? What were the key reasons? The one word that springs to mind, Dando, disrespect. There was a lot of um, a lot of 2003 in this episode. <laughs> there certainly was. This episode was disrespectful to the following. South Park, the Beatles, Ned Flanders, and the indigenous population of the United States, to name just a few. I tried to find some positives in it. In my opinion, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as Simpsons Safari. I know how much you hate that one, that's why. But I think being a Beatles fan, I didn't mind the Beatles intro. I, I liked the Beatles cross-references. They, they didn't make fun of the Beatles there. I actually liked the little Beatles, the, the subtle Beatles gags, like even like Homer doing the drum solo was actually the drum solo from the song The End. Things like it that. Is, yeah, and, and with a bit of get back in there as well. Yeah, apparently. exactly. Yeah, and just you know, yellow metal custard dripping from it, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just when When all that happened, I thought... Dando's either going to be very happy or just seething. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't seething. I, I really liked it. The only thing that I didn't really like about it was I thought that it just sort of took away from the episode. They obviously couldn't drag the story out for an entire episode, but the opening act just went for so long and really it was just we need Bart to get in trouble and not be able to hang out with Milhouse yes. anymore. Mm. It took them like eight <laughs> minutes to get to that point. I was like, oh, God, when are we going to get to the story here? That was a yeah. lot. But I actually liked the Beatles references themselves, though. As they say, when are we getting to the fireworks factory? This is a, a verbatim quote from my notes. Well, this is going nowhere. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this was in the very uh, the early stages of the episode. And quite frankly, it didn't really go much of anywhere for the rest of the episode. I have to reiterate what I was saying about the previous episode, which mm. was break my wife, please. Yep. Yes. Yeah. I think the Simpsons HQ reached the end of this season and it was very much like when you are assembling an Ikea bookshelf or a Lego Millennium Falcon or something like that. There's like six pieces left over. It's like, wait a minute, I think I've completed this, but still there's a few little bits and bobs. And these tail-end episodes, I don't know about the final episode of the season. How, how many more are there? There's two there's, after this or just one? One more after this one. Mo Baby Blues, I believe, is the finale. Mo Baby Blues. It's like, oh, okay, well, eh, we're all tired and we can't be asked. Let's assemble these remaining episodes out of the used parts and bits and bobs that, uh, that we had lying around. Because, this, yeah, this just felt assembled out of um, mismatched bits and pieces. I know the Simpsons writers are huge fans of the Beatles, so I know they really would have wanted to cram this in somewhere. 
but for it to take away from the an episode, it, it could have been like a little like short film or whatever. It didn't need to be yeah. the opening act of an episode that really, in all honesty, didn't really have any bearing on the future of the episode. It was just Bart has to get into trouble. But yeah. we dragged it out so much, and they dragged it out so much, it almost felt a bit self-indulgent because they loved the Beatles so much. Whilst I enjoyed it, if you're not a Beatles fan, you're just like, fuck's sake, can we get on with it? <laughs> yeah, this wasn't even like the first third of the... This wasn't the first act of a three-act structure. It was like almost half the episode. Yeah, it, like. it wasn't... They didn't become like the, the pre-teen braves or whatever until like the 10-minute mark. Mm. <laughs> this is halfway through, so they sort of rushed the ending. But I also thought the ending was a bit random, just singing the Canadian national anthem. Yeah, you know how I feel about getting together and singing at the end. It's like, this seems like a bit of an excuse, or that seems like a oh, bit of a cop-out. It, it can work, though. I liked it in um, the Springfield Files. Here, it just sort of felt like... I know, it just it didn't seem to work as much as the as the previous times have done this. And it just... Yeah, I don't know. It, and, but the thing is, it didn't make sense. Yeah, are they sort of taking a swipe at um, the fact that, I don't know, Canada's renowned for politeness and being rather chill... Hey, my favourite. So what did you like about the episode, Mr. Davis, if anything? (laughs) Listeners of the show will remember that um, I've got my colour-coded system on my notebook here. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, the the pink marker is used for trivia questions. The uh, yellow one is used for what did we learn. The orange one for my closing quote. You thought it was spontaneous, didn't you? Nope, sorry. It's all planned. (laughs) Um, And the green one is for favourite moments. Okay. You know how many times I broke out the green pen this time, Dando? Twice. One. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! How many? Um, what was it for? Um, I did enjoy the Flanders's coming home after planting a. This is probably going to blow a trivia question for someone. Uh, a peach tree at the retirement home or something like yeah. that. And Rod's like, "I wish we were there to watch them enjoy it." Sin of pride, Roddy. <laughs> Sin of regret. Sin of regret. <laughs> Flanders just letting, wasn't letting them get away with anything. So, I don't know. I got a laugh out of that. You didn't like the junior dandies? I did write down here. I would I would be a junior dandy. That that would be my club. <laughs> you always like it when, you know, the rich get, oh, never. <laughs> when it's either Monocle falling yeah. into a martini or fanning yourself because he got the vapours because he's I, so scandalised. I just thought you would have really enjoyed that part. I like the junior dandies, but uh, not necessarily enough to break out the green pen again. What did they say? Oh, the indignity. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like also at the end when they're all ranting at the kids, the preteen braves for singing the national anthem incorrectly. Mm-hmm. And then the old rich Texan's just like, you call this a large beer? <laughs> <laughs> and I like, I really liked how Mo. <laughs> comes face to face with Frederick Tatum is like how did this happen (laughs) (laughs) that's true that actually wasn't too bad I really like those moments there next question you there eating the paste alright it's time for some trivia of the Bart of War since you love this episode so much I'm going to let you kick off Mr Davis I'm assuming you have a plethora of questions to ask me I have four questions Mm, that's enough does four make up a plethora Uh, that's a very good question I I don't think there's a specific amount in a plethora what's the minimum plethora hmm I'm going to say Eight. 11. Eight? Okay, yeah, okay. Well, what have you did got you say? Did you say nine? I said 11. Oh. <laughs> First question to you, sir. Mm. There are two videotapes in the Flanders oh, yeah. household. Well, one of them is a take on Debbie Does Dallas. Yes, which is the one on the bottom? Oh, the one on the bottom was Debbie Does Penance? It is! Yes, and then Girls Gone Mild was on top. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I have a question for you. It is... 
You mentioned how they were taking the mickey out of South Park in this episode. How many episodes apparently of South Park had had up to this point, according to Bart? How they, they've kept the fresh after how many episodes? I want to say 43. Well done. Nailed it. Correct. Yes. There's a reason I wanted to say 43. And Now, as a Beatles man, you'll probably get this, but okay. name the Beatles soda flavour named after George. Ah, uh, yeah. I should have written this down. Was it something? Was Mandarin in there somewhere? Very close. Very close. What was it? Orange. Oh, orange. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the, the, of the four names, I thought George was... Didn't really make any sense. Yeah, I mean... Was it like Orange Harrison or something? Yeah, it's got the G-E on the end. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I thought like John Lennon, John Lemon and all that worked, but... Look, yeah. Really? That's shall, it? Sh- shall we name the rest? Yeah, I will, yeah, we can do it now. Why not? John oh, Lemon was oh, one. John Lemon was in there, Paul McGuice T, mm-hmm. and, and Mango Star. Mango Star, correct. Also, a little fun fact, the two that they drank were the two deceased Beatles at the time. Or still, oh. still to this day, the two deceased Beatles. Yeah. Mm. My next question is, what name does Homer have, according to Bart? Oh, his, tri- his tribal name? His tribal name. I don't know if it's his official name, but it's what Bart calls him at some point. Oh. Uh, no, I've I forgotten. I'm sorry. He calls him Lazy Horse. <laughs> actually, that's not actually not bad. <laughs> and while we're on that subject, mm. what is Nelson's tribal name? Burger with fries? Burger with fries. Yes. Very, um, mm. what does he just, how does he describe it? Uninspired. Uninspired. uninspired yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uninspired and burger and fries, yes, I had just that for dinner uh, from a local establishment. I think it should go unnamed. I don't want to slander the guys. <laughs> but what, it, it was a very uninspired burger and fries. Nicola and I went out for a date lunch uh, about two weeks ago before it was COVID central here at the Denner House. I, was, I say that. No one here had COVID. I had a really sore throat. We got a COVID test. Still haven't got my results back. Yeah. In the meantime, Holly's daycare had a COVID case in her classroom. Two days later, Elliot's class, class had a COVID case in their classroom. We got them both to do rapid tests today, and they're both clear. So it's all good here. And by the way, listeners, I'm not saying Guy Davis is the, the biggest hero of all time, but he's all the greatest men that have lived. He truly is the king of kings because <laughs> I desperately needed a COVID test, a rapid test. And I posted on Facebook, desperately need one, blah, blah, blah. No one came through. No one came through. Then I get this text message from a little man called, uh, or a, 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 an amazing man called Guy Davis. That's <laughs> like a little man. What? He's <laughs> a little guy. And he, so, you know, he came through. Not only did he give me one test, he gave me a two-pack. Came through with the goods. You got the two-pack Shakur. Yeah. Do you want the other one back? Oh, God, no. <laughs> it's got COVID on it. Yeah. So um, we're all clear, apparently, here in the Dana household. But yeah. what, was I, what was I going on about? Uh, how awesome I was. I can take another five minutes. What, what, what were we talking about? How did I get to... I mentioned COVID Central. Date, 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 date night. Yes. So basically, yeah, before it was date, before it was like COVID Central. So we went on a date lunch and we were going to this new place, the establishment you were just discussing earlier. Super excited. The pictures looked amazing. I got there. I got a pool table, pinnies. I was like, this is going to be my local. It's going to be my place. We get the burgers and I look at it and I go... That's a lot of lettuce and, <laughs> and not a lot of meat and it's quite expensive. So I took a bite and went. <laughs> Were you doing your margin presentation? <laughs> That's very much. It's a bit expensive. This just tastes a lot like lettuce. And I just, um, yeah, was not. And then the guy came out and he's like, what's it like? I was like, oh, it's fucking fantastic. Marvellous. <laughs> give, give him the, give him the, uh, the Carl. Yeah. Another triumph and, um, <laughs> and we won't be going back. <laughs> no, nor will I. And it's a damn shame. The guy who answered the phone was super friendly, yeah. really nice. 
upsold me a little bit, but you know what are you going to do? Um, they've just they've just opened, and they kind of sh- they kind of shuffled us. By the way, so they have this <gasps> deal going: buy one get one free cocktails. Come to our establishment for buy one get one free cocktails for the first month or whatever. So Nicola's like, I'm going to get hammered, and we get there, <laughs> and Nicola's like, oh, I'm, the girl comes to the table, and the waitress, and Nicola says, I'm going to get a cocktail two for one. She goes, Yeah, two for one. Nicola's going through. And she goes, look, I'll, I'll just come up there and I'll order it. She goes, yeah, you go order at the bar. So Nicola's going through all the things. She got, takes about 10 minutes deciding all her fucking cocktails. And she gets to the we get to the bar and the girl's like, oh, no, it's only one of these three ones. And Nicola's like, what? Oh, no, 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 the girl gave me the menu for the drink. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so it's just those three there, the pre-mixed ones that come out of the, out of the tap. Oh, weak. Oh, I'm like, oh, here we go. We're off to a bad start here. Okay, yeah. <laughs> then, mm. I, then I went for the food to... to to cook so I thought I'd go play the pennies whilst I'm waiting with Nicola we put $2 in it just eats my coin I'm like alright that's two from two <laughs> yep. the, the universe is telling you not to eat at this establishment again. then I get the and a welfare burger and it's <laughs> not good it was not good All right, so well. anyway don't go there people <laughs> this, is, this has been Restaurant Reviews with Dando and Guy <laughs> the new podcast coming to you on the Four Finger Discount <laughs> Network I've got another question for you I think it's my turn isn't it I think, it's, I think it is. I'll just ask it anyway. Go ahead. There's a place named Gary's in Springfield. What do they sell? <laughs> yeah, it's a waterbed warehouse because that was my next question. Oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, who has the waterbed warehouse? Yeah, it is Gary. <laughs> oh, this is like that, um, I think it was the trailer for Rocky Four where they've got the, like, the fists and one's got the American flag on it, one's got the Russian flag on it. They sort of turn to each other and then they slowly go towards each other, but boom, and they explode. And that was us coming up with the same question like that, just heading towards each other and pow. <laughs> when um, worlds collide. Yes, indeed. So I think that might be the end of trivia. That is the end of trivia. All right, guys, stick around because <laughs> after the break, not only do we have a review of the episode, we've also got this week's listener question of the week. It is, if you lived in Springfield... Who do you think of all the people who live there would be your best friend? And we asked the people on Facebook and on Twitter and we've asked the patrons, we've asked everybody. We're going to let you guys know what everyone thinks a little bit later in the show. But coming out right now after this little break is our full in-depth review of The Bart of War. Yeah. Yes, it is time for this week's $20 patron shout-outs. Kicking off with our man Jonathan Rossi, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Andrew Zur, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Molman, Richie, Daniel Kotnick, Katie G, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Shannon Hofer, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Blossom Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and our man Declan Phoenix. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. Also, shout outs to our new patrons for this week Bo Wills, I want to say Ryan Renault. Apologies if that's incorrect, sir. Pierce, Morris, and Tony Letts. Double thumbs up to each and every single one of you. Remember, guys, if you do enjoy everything we do here at Four Finger Discount and you want to show some support and in return get access to hours upon hours of bonus podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash discount. Early access to all the podcasts we do here, Zoom calls, the Facebook group, prize draws. There is so much available on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. It is patreon.com slash discount. But for now, sit back and enjoy our review of The Bart of War. The original air date of The Bard of War was May 18th, 2003. It was directed by Michael Polsino, written by Mark Wilmore. Uh, the chopboard gag, sandwiches should not contain sand, and the couch gave the Simpsons sit down as normal, and a giant baby picks them up. It's one we've seen before, and sort mm. of 
goes to chew on them. Does it chew on it? I think it just looks at them like the little I think play toys. It's, it's salivating like babies do. It's about to chew on it. Yes, yeah. we got we got a chalkboard gag again. Mm, yeah, finally we've got a bit of an intro as well. It's nice to have the intro back. Obviously, they're running low on time considering that they're cramming that entire Beatles act just to fill it out. <laughs> So the episode kicks off with Bart and Milhouse watching South Park, as we discussed earlier. They even named them by name, South Park. Didn't give them some corny sort of like takeoff name. Yeah. I don't know why they attacked South Park. Did they attack them? It felt more like a kind of acknowledgement. I think, Yeah. you know, it's like the old fighter in the ring going, all right, I'll give you your respect. You're an up and comer. But looking at it, I was like, yeah, that's not South Park. No. <laughs> that they're taking off. I mean, I can imagine Trey Parker and Matt Stone, you know, sitting on their piles of money looking at it going, what? It kind of felt like if Family Guy tried to take off South Park. Yeah. It wasn't really clever. It actually felt more like Family Guy that they were ripping, that they were it did. taking it, the bits. Even the way they, the way they spoke and... Yeah, because, I mean, South Park did throw in the odd... Hey, that's unusual. Here's the cure or something. But it, it never sort of whoever they threw in, like a celebrity or a personality, well, it never really sort of felt like a. You think that's bad? How about the time I had to spar with Muhammad Ali? Um, and then yeah, whatever. Th- yeah, this felt more like a Family Guy thing than than an episode of South Park. So I was just watching a nice try, guys. I guess, but I, I don't even know what you're doing here. But anyway. <laughs> can't believe we paid to see a band with Steve Gutenberg, Callista Flockhart, and Farty the Crippled Robot. Look who's in my fart, OJ. I'm gonna kill you all. Cartoon violence! Cartoon violence! Now I'm gonna find the real killers. So this was the first episode that he wrote by himself, The Art of War. Not off to a great start, is Mark Wilmore. <laughs> oh, Mark... I'm sure you're a lovely fellow, and we'd love to have you on the show sometime to, to, to discuss this episode. What were you thinking? To explain yourself. Well, okay, here's the question. What's worse? This episode, watching this episode, or eating one of those burgers again? What would you prefer? Well, <laughs> one, costs, one costs $18, one costs half an hour every time. Oh, gosh. And my time is valuable. Yeah. That, that is kind of my, hour, my half hourly rate. <laughs> um... Let's double down and say I have to eat one of those burgers while watching this episode. <laughs> Hopefully, they'll cancel each other out. You know, there'll be some sort of confluence of positive and negative energies, or two negatives might make a positive. I don't know. So, cartoon violence is what Bart and Milhouse start chanting after watching this, and Marge turns it off and she puts on Good Heavens. I was so disappointed that it didn't have. Some woman saying something to this old guy, him going, good heavens. <laughs> I thought, I thought that's, that's the only way that joke could go. And they didn't Into, do it. Yeah. Was that meant to be God? I don't know. I think it was a guy in heaven, hanging out in heaven. I don't, I don't know. But the fact that he didn't say good heavens just made me so sad. A lot of, lot of sadness in this episode. The kids run off scared because they don't want to watch this show. They tie a... This is... The next couple of lines here, I was like, what the fuck is going on? So, they tie a string around a fly and then... Milhouse asks, you know, debug to feel pain. I've wasted a lot of my life, blah, blah, blah. But then Milhouse says something along the lines of, someday I wish a cat would eat me. Eat me, yeah. When they find out that the cat has eaten the, the fly in the Flanders house when they go inside, I'm like, is that supposed to be funny? Is that supposed to be awkward? Is that supposed yeah. to be sad? What does that mean? Some days I wish a cat would eat me. Yeah, Milhouse is kind of dorky, but I mean, that's just odd. That's a Ralph Wiggum thing. It doesn't, but that doesn't make any... Like, no, yeah. because it's not funny. It's weird. Like... What the fuck is that? What? 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 I don't understand. Mark Wilmore, if you're listening, please explain Mark. to me. <laughs> Come on, buddy. 
Justify it. Justify your choices, sir. Am I wrong here, or is there something I'm? Is there something I'm missing, or is this just a weird? No, I must gag. have been. I heard that line. And I'm like, what? Mm. I mean, it wasn't even like what. I was more like what. He does follow it up with a funny guy that I liked with the, the go nuts, the bright, brighter, brightest off. Mm. I mean, when you get those lights as kids, it's I, that's the first thing you do. You just tap, <laughs> tap, tap, tap. Have you ever had a clap light where you clap them? I never have. Never, never had. had a clapper. It makes you feel like a magician. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of the Simpsons gag when Homer tries to clap off the light. Homer, it's not a clap light. <laughs> Keep trying to do it. <laughs> do those clap lights actually come with a switch as well? I mean, if yeah, you're... yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, that's good news. It's kind of like someone who refuses to like get up and turn the TV off because the remote's not working. It's like, oh well, the TV's stuck on now. It's like you could get off your ass and just turn yes. the TV off. <laughs> but then Bart finds the photo of him of the of the Simpsons family. And because we're in the Flanders house by this point, and they find he says, "Bless this wonderful, bless our wonderful neighbours." I think it says, and calls them gay. Mm. This isn't a piss take of the homosexual community, because unfortunately, that's what people used to say as a saying. If, if you would say that's gay, that's just what people said in two thousand three. Let's move along. They then make some peanut butter, just being very disrespectful to the Flanders household. I was about to say, look, maybe being an old folky homeowner has just made me hate this particular kind of thing. But I was like. Get the fuck out of this person's house, you little shits. Yeah. Look, Flanders has done nothing but look after you and be nice to you and be a yeah. great neighbour. You've just gone on there. And that's the thing. They didn't really get any repercussions for it because Flanders is like, oh, I don't want to like, push any charges. I'm like, no, no. These motherfuckers no. broke into your house. Throw the book at yeah. them. <laughs> and and, they, and they don't even have the excuse of being like, oh, we're hopped up on uh, goofballs. Goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, some, you know, new uh, energy drink or some shit like that, but goofballs, of course. Let's let's go with that. No, they're just, they're just being rambunctious little punks. And that's, of course, that's what, that's Bart's raison d'etre. But at the same time, it did not sit well with this, uh, yes. I'm no longer Dennis the Menace. I am now Mr. Wilson. That's like when Ali has friends over and one of them, like, opens up the door to this room. I'm like, you shall not pass. I'm like, you get the <laughs> You get the fuck out now. And even when, because I bought Elliot these really fucking good toys for Christmas, and I see his kid, like his friends playing with them, I'm like, motherfucker, you disrespect that fucking toy. Because Elliot knows to look after him. He's like, this is a special one. And like, I was in here the other day, and Elliot had a friend over, and the mother was here as well. And no, the women chat away in the lounge, not paying any attention. I just see Elliot screaming, that's a special one. No, that's a special <laughs> one. And I opened up his door, and this kid's just picked up this giant tower thing, a Paw Patrol tower thing that I paid like $150 for. And he's like dragging across the room. And I'm like, motherfucker, put the fucking thing down. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with you? (laughs) I love you striding into a room of these toddlers or or little children like Samuel L. Jackson. Motherfucker, you put that shit down. (laughs) Elliot's like screaming his head off. It's the special one. I'm like, teach your kid. When this thing's fucking five foot tall, don't drag it across the fucking room. Play yeah. with it, like, like just <laughs> play with it as it's there. Like it's, it's a tower. It doesn't need to be dragged across the room. Like, oh god! You've kids. reminded me of a family incident hmm. back when I was about eighteen or nineteen. I was studying journalism at uni, okay. and it was the broadcast TV journalism um, component. So we all were given the we could sign out video cameras. Dirty, great, clunky piece of kit, but we all thought it was very high tech back in the yeah. early nineties, um, and. Of course, when I wasn't filming breaking news around Geelong, um, I was making little home movies of my sister's three kids who were all in single digits at that stage. And they were bouncing around on the, um, on the trampoline. 
And I think one of them had, yeah, can I have the camera? I promise I won't break it. And I said, if you break it, I'll break every bone in your body. <laughs> and that's, you know. I, uh, I said to Elliot, you throw that one, I'm going to throw you through the window. <laughs> <laughs> and that's on videotape. It's like this, it's like when I was at that lovely girl's 21st and it's caught on video that I said, I just farted my guts out. <laughs> so, yeah, Australia's funniest on videos. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, they still have that video, and every time like one of them gets a new partner, there's like, see the guy who was going to break every bone in your body? I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true, shameful. Though. You break something, you got to pay for it somehow. You haven't got money, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make up for it in other ways. We'll take yeah, your thumbs. You, you break it, you bought it. And yes. By, by which I mean the pain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go all tuco on them. <laughs> All right, where were we? Oh, that's right. The the kids were in the basement. Yes, uh, Bart and Milhouse were being little dicks. Yeah, in the Beatles memorabilia room. Yeah, see, it's bad enough that they're fucking around at the Flanders house, despoiling his kitchen and um, all all that stuff like that. But going down to the Beatles memorabilia room, I mean, that that looked like a, a bona fide Beatles museum. It looked like some of that stuff would have been yeah, I mean, they didn't know they were going into that. They just rode the thing down the stairs and ended up in there. Like, but, true. I mean, once you're in there, it's like, okay, don't touch shit. It's on yeah. display for a reason. Yeah. I, like, they're old enough to know better. But they, you know, they were opening up the drinks and they were drinking it. And whilst I appreciated all the Beatles references, it was just... It made the Bart come across like such a fucking horrible person. Yeah. <laughs> I think if, if it was anyone but Flanders, like Flanders is the good guy. He's the nice guy. Why are you doing it to Flanders? I know the yeah. joke's be- joke is that, you know, th- they wanted to be able to say because he's bigger than Jesus. And who- you-, you never would have thought Flanders was a Beatles fan. That doesn't yes. matter. Actually, yes, that was a pretty good line. <laughs> I, liked, I, liked, I liked the when Milhouse felt sick, he said something along the lines of, um, I don't feel so fab. Yes. <laughs> and then throws up in the shirts. Okay, so Mark's redeeming himself with a few little zingers here and there, but generally it's like a well-decorated house that's just made of straw. Yeah, well, like I said, I liked the Beatles references. It was very cool. As a Beatles fan, I I liked them, but just the the story of what's going on just sort of bothered me. Do you think we would be a little more forgiving if, say, they'd ended up in comic book guy's basement? Yes, I think definitely it happening to somebody who has been a dick to them their whole life. Yes. But the fact and someone that- who takes their fandom a little too seriously. Yeah. yeah. Whereas you can tell the Flanders goes down to this room just like, ah, oh, Fab Five. Sorry, that's that's not a Flanders impersonation at all. I don't know what the hell that was. And, and they um, there's four of them, by the way. <laughs> the- I'm talking about George Epstein here. Oh, okay, okay. You're including George. <laughs> or, or Billy Preston. I don't know. I haven't watched Get Back yet, but- <laughs> You haven't watched it yet? Wow, wait. I haven't. No, it, like I say, it's a commitment. And uh, I just watched it like bits and pieces each night. Uh, I got a lot of things going on in my life, Dando. You know that. You do, yes. <laughs> all, all that sex. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely something rival, no doubt. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so Flanders comes home and we get the moment with the them finding it. The house is slightly askew. <laughs> I, like that I like that they're prepared for this. They've got the, the bomb shelter in the house. If I could afford this and could have this in my house, I would totally have one. Like a I mean, bomb shelter or a panic yeah, room or why something? not? Like a panic room. Why would you not have a panic room? Hmm, makes sense. There's a lot, lot of reasons to panic these days. When Nicola you know, finds that pair of socks on the floor that I forgot to pick up, straight to the panic room. <laughs> <laughs> the police arrive and we get them. They're now not friends anymore. Apparently, Eddie slept with Lou's ex-wife. Even though the divorce was final, but hey, when is a divorce ever final? <laughs> yes, exactly. They move in. The kids all panic and they knock everything over in the house. They then are caught in the yellow submarine. And then we get the monkeys reference. The last train to Clarksville. <laughs> Clarksville. 
Please don't call our parents. I'm afraid I have to for hijinks like these. <laughs> hijinks. It's a funny word. Three dotted letters in a row. Is it hyphenated? It used to be. Back in the bad old days, you know. Of course, every generation hyphenates the way it wants to. Then there's in sync. <laughs> what the hell is that? Jump in anytime, Eddie. These are good topics. I must admit that's something I, I like the word hijinks and yeah. hyphenation is a real issue. Yeah. It really is. In what way? Oh, well, you would be surprised how many times during the course of an average sub editing shift I'm like, that needs to be hyphenated. <laughs> Give us an example. Give us an example. What's a what's a word that people tend to not hyphenate that needs to be hyphenated? Oh, it's usually something like much loved or something. Is or- that, so that should be hyphenated, should it? I, I guess, it yeah, because it's too... Yeah, okay. It's a dis- I think it's description just, of that. I've forgotten yeah. the exact one that happened today, but I was like, no, hyphenate that. <laughs> yep. Well, if you're saying something... So if I say Simpsons themed, that's hyphenated, right? Yes. Yeah. The Simpsons themed podcast. Yeah, because you've got bring the words together. That's how I've always done it anyway. Yeah. Although each style guide... Look, style guides for different publications and outlets are sometimes different. We come back from commercial and we're cleaning up the mess. <laughs> Everyone zoned out when Guy was talking about grammar. <laughs> Get back to the Simpsons, even if it is the part of war. <laughs> Flanders says, you know, he likes the, the Beatles because they were bigger than Jesus, but then your boys went all Yoko and messed up the place. <laughs> Everyone, like, blames Milhouse. Or they say that Bart acts up when he's around Milhouse, so they need to separate these two kids because they're just... <laughs> and this happens. There's a kid at Elliot's daycare. Once they're together, not good on each other. They're, oh. they're both as bad as each other. They're just a bad influence on each other. Kind of like when two dogs get together. Could have the nicest dog. But <laughs> get two dogs together, they'll start ripping shit up. You know, just oh, as, yeah. that's just the way we work, the way things work. Flanders is not going to press charges, though, because courts are only good for telling women what to do with their bodies. Then Marge says that, no, don't worry, Bart will be washed at all times. He, this will not happen again. Were he Homer, and Homer's too busy playing with the bobbleheads. <laughs> Look at me. I'm Brian Epstein. Oh, I'm Michael Jackson. I own all your songs, losers. <laughs> I think Michael Jackson sold them back to McCartney, did he not, or... I thought, is, does McCartney own the rights of the songs now? Let's, let's Google. Who owns mm. Beatles songs now? I know Jackson owned it for a while. Who owns the Beatles music in 2021? Hopefully he put them in his will. It's like, give them back to Paul. In 2018, there was a twist to the tale when Paul McCartney issued a lawsuit against Sony in an attempt to win back the rights to the songs mm. he penned. Live for Live Music, or Live for Live, Live for Live Music maybe, reported that in a private settlement, McCartney won back the rights to 32 of the Beatles' earlier songs, with later songs potentially becoming available by 2026, according to Billboard. However, songs exclusively by John Lennon will remain under the ownership of Sony after the company came to an agreement with Yoko Ono that would see them retain the rights to the songs until 70 years after Lennon's death, which will be in 2050. Oh, okay. All I want to know is who owns Octopus's Garden? Well, let's have a look. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really want to know. <laughs> really? You don't like that song? I do. I like Ringo. There's a moment in part three. It's at the very beginning of part three, so you can just totally skip to it, right? Have you seen the clip? I think I have seen the clip where he's talking about, I've got the song about Octopus's Garden. Yeah, and, and George, George helps and him George, write it. And George helps him out. It's George amazing. Har- George Harrison, what a mensch. Oh, I love that guy. You will love him even more if you watch this documentary, mate. The way it ends. <laughs> it's... Basically, he was just like, fuck this Beatles shit. Like, if I have to do it, I'll do it. But, like, I'm doing what I want to do. And what I liked about it was that he was not afraid to just say what he thought. He wasn't mm. scared. He wasn't scared to sort of, like, ruffle the feathers. He was like, no, no, that's a fucking stupid idea, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, watching these two music be, geniuses. How easy would it be to be intimidated by, A, Paul McCartney, you know, because just the goat. And then if and, and then Lennon as well. If Lennon's backing him up. Not <laughs> not bad either. What do you mean not bad either? He's better than McCartney. Um, 
<laughs> I'm being a bit facetious, but also John Lennon's sort of force, forceful personality is like, oh, you think so, do you, George? Sorry, I've got some shitty accents this time around. For George Harrison to stand up to those two guys, oh, what a what a lord! <laughs> uh, just that clip. If you haven't, if you don't want to watch the th- nine hours of this documentary, guys, if you're a Beatles fan, even if you're not a Beatles fan, if you're a music lover, go on YouTube and check out the clip of George Harrison and Ringo Starr literally writing Octopus's Garden in front of your eyes. It's one of the most magical things. I literally had goosebumps when I was watching it. It was like, it was amazing. It was so good. It's just crazy to think a song like Octopus's Garden, such an iconic song, a famous song. And Ringo's just like, yeah, I've got this little idea. It's just about an octopus's garden. It's like, it's like, ah, it's no big deal. It's a fucking yeah. like, it's one, an amazing song. But it's just like, yeah, whatever. Well, it's like McCartney just writing "Get Back" Look, right you in know, front just, of your eyes, just coming right, just coming up with it right yeah. in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's literally crazy to watch. It's amazing. And in, in, in this octopus's garden scene, if you watch the full version, Lennon comes in, he starts joining in, he starts playing the drums for it, and yeah, it's, oh. it's unbelievable. But getting back to this episode, though, the Bart of yes. War. Marge has says that Bart will be watched at all times, so she's coming up with different activities that they can take part in, including the 5H club that we discussed earlier, which now includes the homosexual community. Mm. Uh, she <laughs> says that, you know, you won't be seeing much of Millhouse for a while because he's a bad influence. He brings out the, the bad side of you. So she introduces them to the pre-teen Braves, and Homer looks intrigued by this. He reads the, the pamphlet, you know, cookouts, sleigh rides, bowling, just like real Indians. And this is where the episode started to get very disrespectful to Indians, <laughs> or to the, to, the uh, to Native Americans, I should say. Lisa says that Homer could be the tribal chief. He likes the idea of that. He likes being in charge of things, Homer. So they're having the tribe meeting in the backyard. He plays the drum solo, which, as we said earlier, was the get back slash the end drum solo, which I liked. I, I liked. At least they're Beatles fans. At least they snuck in things like that that weren't obvious. That even yes. you have to be a real Beatles fan to know that kind of joke, which um, which I liked. I am Homer, tribal chief. I am wearing tiny briefs. Braves teach values boys should know. Now extended drum solo. I will now give each of you your specially selected tribal name. Pick one. I am Burger with Fries. Man, is that uninspired. Let's see. What Native American activity should we do? Making wallets, baking crop circles, respecting nature. Jeez, no wonder these guys lost the Civil War. At least they're pointing out that Homer's an idiot. Yes, that Homer is ignorant. <laughs> yes. So, But in saying that, though, it's almost like... All right, we've pointed out these ignorant, so now we can just poke fun at the community. I'm like, oh, really? Can you? <laughs> it's, it's a very fine line and a tough line to walk between ensuring that everyone is in on the joke, like the term equal opportunity offender gets thrown around a lot. But I mean, like, yeah, we'll poke fun at everyone, but in a sort of respectful fashion. That doesn't mean you have to soft pedal it. Um, so there's a very fine line between that and just this, <laughs> which is... Yeah, I know you're trying to include everybody here, but you, this is these are these jokes are just kind of tone deaf and insensitive, and uh, make even insensitive people like me go, "Oh, come on, guys, that's a little on the nose." So he decides to take them inside to watch football: the Chiefs versus the Cowboys on TV. The noble Chiefs outsmarted the treacherous Cowboys with a seven-yard screen pass. Unfortunately, after further review, the great. Father in the sky determined that the receiver's moccasins were out of bounds. I shall bet no more forever. I don't 
think that is accurately portraying Native American life. Yeah, Indians don't sit around drinking beer and watching TV. I smell smoke. Without the talking stick, we don't hear you. I smell smoke. I see you braves received our smoke signal. Wow. Neato! Awesome! Oh, no, the Pawnee have returned. They probably want their souls back. Homer goes out. Well, they all go out, and they realize, wait a minute. Marge and Lisa Simpson know what they're doing. Maybe Marge would be our leader. The surprisingly hot Mrs. Hot. Simpson. I did like that she had a little face paint on. Yeah, she was getting into it. She's, she's their new leader. Homer tries to uh, to sort of defend his honor, but no, he just gives up and goes to Moe's. Nelson won't wear his leggings in case his dad comes home and sees him. So these Papa references were apparently from an American tale. tale. I've never seen the film. So does it happen in the movie where he thinks he's I've, seen I've his dad? I've never seen any of the American okay. Tale movies. Okay. And apparently, I don't... Is it the American Tale movies there's a lot of, or is it the Land Before Time Land Before movies? Time so is the one that's definitely a lot of those. Yes. Yeah, there's like 10 of them, wasn't there? Yeah. With the cute baby dinosaurs and I shit. used to love the first one when I was a kid. <laughs> but I don't, know, I don't know if I've seen any others. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many American Tale movies there are. Maybe there's just the one. There's a whole plethora of uh, <laughs> <laughs> of Disney movies or animated movies from the 80s slash maybe even early 90s that I've just never seen. I've never seen uh, Oliver. The, oh, the Oliver and one. Company? Yes. yes, I've never seen that one. I've never seen All Dogs Go to Heaven, I think it's called. I've never seen that mm. one. The Great Mouse Detective? Great Mouse Detective, never seen that one. It's about The Rescuers, I've never seen that. I've never seen The American Tale. I've never seen Fern Tree, Fern Tree Gully, is that what it's called? <laughs> That's a suburb. Fern Tree, um, Fern Gully, The Last Forest. Fern Gully, The Fern. Last Gully, yeah. I always get a conf- whenever, I see, whenever I see Fern Tree <laughs> Gully, I think of that movie. I've never seen that either. So there's, there's all these animated films out there that I've just never seen. There's a lot that I've missed as well. Yeah, I just... Um, I think when they were starting to kick in, I was like, I'm not watching that childish stuff. <laughs> and then you get great- better talking about a childish show. I'm, <laughs> I'm 13 years old. I'm going to watch, I know, The Terminator. <laughs> so, anyway, Marge is now the leader of the preteen Braves, which they're happy about. But we, we get the, um, the, the puppet moment as we discuss and... Nelson's kissing the tree and whatever. Similar to yeah. when... Similar One to of those when, gags that goes on a bit long. Yeah, it makes it a bit uncomfortable. It's kind of like when um, Willie's kissing the um, the rake, though. Remember that? <laughs> oh, yes. So we're now on the nature walk, and they they meet Jim Proudfoot from the Mohican tribe, and he encourages the myth that they, they're all gone because chicks <laughs> dig when you're the last of things. That was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's a nice shout-out to the um, the last of the Mohicans, the, uh, yes. the movie. Exactly. The he then goes on and explains to them how the land was once beautiful and thriving, full of animals, and the wind was so gentle it could tie your shoes. I thought, that was a very sweet line. The wind was so yeah. gentle it could tie your shoes. And Homer then, we, uh, this here I've got in my notes, reminds me of the Simpsons movie. So they arrive at the, like, the Springfield Dam or the river or whatever, and Homer is dumping a treadmill in there. Very similar yeah. to what happens in the, Sim- in the Simpsons movie. Obviously, this came first by a few years. It's hard to believe the Simpsons movie was only four years after this episode. It's so strange when you've got a little distance like this and you yeah. realise, wow, there was just a short amount of time between certain things, you know. Yeah. You know, when you're back in the uh, back in the midst of it, it's all like, oh, wow, that was like five years. And then, you know, you get a little time under your belt. It's like, well, five years just goes like that. <laughs> so they're preparing for their cleanup due to liberal guilt. Mm-hmm. And Lisa has tipped off the local paper, the news reporter that you love. <laughs> <laughs> Old mate with his hat. And, and, and it is good headline. What is it? Uh, local people participate in something. Act- activity participated in by some. By some. <laughs> and he even like joins them on the trip. They go down to the um to the river. They arrive, like the forest, I should say, they arrive. Cavalry kids? 
That's pathetic. We're the bad boys of non-denominational community youth groups. Well, surely there's room in this town for two well-meaning juvenile associations. Yeah, but the Girl Scouts already control the South Side. Then I guess this means war. And I didn't realize until this moment that each group, each tribe had sort of like a, a, a counteract for each. So, you know, Bart, Milhouse, Nelson, mm. Jimbo. But unfortunately for Ralph, they didn't show a very... Uh, I think it would have been Martin would have been his counteract, maybe. Yeah. But, um, who, was, who was that kid? Was it not... Wait, was it not Mil- Martin? Yeah, Cavalry Kids is Milhouse, Jimbo. Might have been Lewis. But he d- has like a mean karate kick. Oh, wait, is it? was it the Chinese kid? I think so, yeah. Not that we're indulging in stereotyping here, but... Uh, Cosine from the fucking... The, 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 the super he's friends. He's a nerd. Yes. He hangs out with down, database. Database. <laughs> <laughs> a fantastic speed. Uh, so, Cosine, yeah. Okay, from Bart's comment. How did I not know that? We come back from the final commercial break and Marge is annoyed that yeah, the guys are stealing all the credit. She's like, that's not fair. We want to be a, we want, we want to get all the credit. And Apu says, you know, are you just another one of those youth groups that apes the cultures of those indigenous peoples you invaded and destroyed? It had to be discussed at some point. Oh, yeah. I think that had to come up. We then get the montage of both the tribes competing, mostly at the old folks' home, wasn't it? Oh, the, uh, the competition? Yes. Yes, yeah. Where they were uh, sort of going between all the kit, the, the youth groups one-upping one another. Mm-hmm. You get another sort of like Simpsons movie reference here, don't we? With the, the oh yeah, that's um, the, the the globe of death. Globe of death, yeah, it's a great name. The globe of death. <laughs> Speaking of the Simpsons movie, guys, if you want to hear our audio commentary on it, it is available now for just one single dollar do on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. So if you do enjoy what we're doing here on Four Finger Discount, and you want to show some support for as little as a dollar per month, you can get access to a bunch of podcasts, which includes our audio commentary of the Simpsons movie that we put up there just last month. So check it out if you want to support the show. Yes, please do. Getting back to the butt of war, and we've had the little montage there, and we get oh, we also get the, the homeless guys, that, so they're doing the, um, they offer booze to the, to the homeless guys. <laughs> then we get Dredderick Tatum. Hello, I'm heavyweight champ Dredderick Tatum, here to issue a challenge to the youth groups of Springfield. Whichever one of you sells the most candy will be honorary Bat Boys at the next Isotopes home game. <gasps> Proceeds will go towards keeping people like me off the streets. I can't help myself. Punch and grope. Punch and grope. It's, it's all I was taught. They, n- they never hold back with taking the piss out of Mike Tyson on the Simpsons. No. <laughs> what, did, what did Mike Tyson ever do? Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> they then throw Ralph... Through the window, he thinks he's a brick. I'm a brick. This is a moment that I didn't notice from this episode, but it's it's one that I sort of remember from the later episodes when he goes oh, through, okay. the, um, through the window. He gets used as a, as a gift quite a bit as well on social media. Homer says it's time that he returns because he needs men of cruelty. Puts the hat on too tight and takes back men of cruelty. cruelty. <laughs> I like this next scene when they were sneaking into the Van Houten's garage to get the candy. We get the cat burglar music from of course. Home of the Vigilante. Do, 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 do. It's great sneaking music. <laughs> for sneaking. <laughs> Sneakers are for sneaking. Such a great episode. I love that one so much. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does he say in that one? It's, your car was upside down when I got there. And that's for your grandma. She shouldn't have mouthed up like that. <laughs> I don't know if we laughed so much as... We laughed a whole lot doing that episode. Home of the Vigilante, also an episode we went back and revisited for patrons. So check that out as mm. well on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page. So they take the candy with laxatives and then they start selling it to Lenny and Carl. Poor Lenny, straight through like a hot curry. Oh, yeah, went south real quick, which yeah. is a time I'm going to start using, I think. It was uh, great from Carl too here. 
hey, we're just going to go inside, buy some candy in this store, but for less. (laughs) (laughs) Would you do that if if there was, uh, you know, like Boy Scouts or whatever out front of 7-Eleven or whatever? It's like, would you like to buy a Snickers for 25% more, but it's for a good cause? It's like, "Hmm, would you? I think I would. I think I would. Yeah. If, if I know it's definitely going to charity, it's up to some kids trying to rort me. Yeah. I must admit, there are times when I will look for the cheaper alternative sausage sizzle, like going down to Paco, where the wonderful Nicola was um, uh, sizzling snags for her charity yeah. all those all those years ago, as opposed to going to Bunt, because I like that where it's like, oh, just a gold coin donation. It's like, okay, you get one dollar. <laughs> 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 As opposed to um, going to Bunnings or one of those official places where it's like two fifty. Fuck them. <laughs> so, are you willing to negotiate? <laughs> there should be an app in Geelong for the cheapest sausage sizzle. So like you can just find, oh. find the cheapest one. What do they offer? Do you get a can of drink with that? Like two fifty for a snag. That's come on, come on, you, calm you, down, you guys. Throw some throw some damn onions on that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> 50 cents extra. Oh, go to hell. I don't, I don't care what your charity is. <laughs> but the, this is where the preteen Braves start selling their laxative-free chocolates. Is it chocolates or just candy? For the, just for candy. the modern, is it modern lifestyle or something? For the like modern lifestyle. <laughs> As is always the case, when we go through the episode, it's like, there's one or two good bits in here. It's not as bad as I made out. It's still pretty bad. This is not a good episode. But... Little bits like that. It's like, <laughs> laxative free candy for the modern lifestyle. It's like, <laughs> Melts in your mouth, not in your pants. <laughs> also a good line. Okay, Mark, I'm going to take back some of the bad things I said about you, buddy. You got some okay stuff in here. <laughs> the kids, the, the, the cavalry kids still win, though, because the old people purchased all of their uh, candy. <laughs> I'm moving like Ginger Rogers. <laughs> oh, as someone with a little mileage on the meter, mm. let me say... <laughs> If you can get st- if you can get it flowing through you, it's a great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling. <laughs> yeah, young people out there ap- appreciate your colon. You go from when you're younger, when you're doing shit, as in I eat drugs, to when you're older, <laughs> when you're just doing shit, <laughs> <laughs> and you're feeling great. <laughs> you call up, I had the best shit. <laughs> <laughs> I got the best shit here, guys. <laughs> Speaking of shit, I took oh. a photo. I took a photo of this right. Holly did the what? biggest. Shit, I've ever seen a small 15-month-old child ever do in my life. She was crying, right? Strain and strain and strain. Mm-hmm. Holly did this shit. It was a giant <laughs> human-sized shit. It was like... I was like, how it's does the that same size as you. I was like, how did that come It's like the size of her forearm. Like, I have to show you the picture. It was like, no shit. It's a, it's, a sh- it's a shame we're not doing video anymore, folks, because Dando's holding his hands up like he's just got a really big fish. <laughs> I'm recording this, so we can it still was, put this video it up. It was this big. It was huge. I'm talking, it was at least, it was at least six to eight inches long. Oh my God, no wonder she was crying. It was, I'm like, that would hurt my bum coming out. So I don't know how you got this out. It was oh. enormous. So they think that she might have been a little bit constipated. It was built up and just sort of came out. It was like, you know those sat, those snags that Nicola was sizzling that time? It was that. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, I can't enjoy a sausage sizzle anymore. It gives me great pleasure to announce the group which has sold the most candy. Could everyone please lean forward expectedly? The Cavalry Kids! Yeah! 
Oh, the indignity! <laughs> Wait a minute! How could those stupid jarheads win? Who'd want candy filled with laxatives? <laughs> Holy moly, I'm moving like Ginger Rogers! Looks like this is one time the Indians didn't win. <laughs> well, that's it. They've beaten us. At least we made a lot of people sick. Well, I'm not finished. Where does it say we have to be gracious in defeat? It's on the back of our vests. Marge, remove that stitching. We're now on their way to the baseball game. Is it baseball or softball? It's baseball, isn't it? It's baseball. I believe it's baseball. Yes. yes. And Kirk that, boys. Yeah. inspired by this success, and he's going to take that bartending course. I'm pretty sure like this is two episodes in a row, or two episodes that are close. I think, didn't Mo say last week or the week before, I'm going to yeah. take up that bartending cl- the course. It's like, it's the same joke. <laughs> it's the same joke twice. Homer and Bart, however, have the VIP parking sign there, because people will do anything that a sign will tell them. Yep. Have a duff. Maybe have another duff. Maybe another duff. Yes. The cavalry kids here, they, um, they've lost though, aren't they? With <laughs> Kirk is great. Do you have $5 for regular parking? Because I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I sympathize with Kirk here. <laughs> so, I, 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 if I can get free parking, I'll take it. Of course. It means you have to walk an extra 3Ks. Fuck it. You're getting $5. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Quimby is introducing America's favorite pastime. Baseball. Baseball. The preteen Braves then are dressed up as the cavalry kids and they're about to sing the national anthem. They're doing very Bart's got these Millhouse glasses on as the disguise. After this prank, everyone's going to hate those cavalry clods as much as we do. Oh, say can you see that he rode that the team's is an outrage. The cavalry kids must hate America. Hey, show some respect. My dad died in some war. You call this a large beer? The cavalry kids then arrive. <laughs> How great. I really like this line. Always one of my favorite moments. Kirk having to go at Homer. Yeah, you talk tough for someone with no health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> then the riot breaks out. Marge starts crying. But also, Mo, ah, this happened. <laughs> She's like, and just uh, Tatum not even saying anything just rolling your sleeves up like this is going to end bad for Mo have you ever been in a situation like that where you, I've never had a physical fight in my life nor have well I've been punched once but never a proper fight I don't think I've actually been in that many fights if any um, but, I mean you weren't uh, a scrapper when you were younger no nah, not really I was a little wimp don't be afraid <laughs> to use your nails boys that would that would be me <laughs> I was watching some action movie the other night it's got this guy Bolo Jung in it. Viewers might remember him from Enter the Dragon or Bloodsport, but he is just an absolute unit of a man. And I remember, I was thinking, looking, imagine if this guy took a dislike to you. <laughs> you know, you're just, at the, you're at the pub, you're sort of like, you've had one or two meetings, you're sort of like, hey, baby, what's going on? That is my sister. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're like, oh, God, how do I get, I, I could just run away and I probably Oh, would. I've wasted my life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So it's like, imagine getting into a fight with this motherfucker. Oh, goddamn! It wouldn't be a fight. It'd be no, it'd, no. It'd, be it'd a just be an ab- absolute destruction. Be a bloodbath. <laughs> anyway, so the, the, the riot breaks out. They start filming Marge crying, and everyone gets upset. So you know, we, we, we don't want to stop this fighting. I think Sasha Mel's one that suggests they end the mindless violence and join hands in song. And this is where everyone sings the Canadian national anthem. Mm. And it's a very random end to the episode with Bart Milhouse saying. They've learned that war is not the answer except to all of America's problems. Just, uh, yeah, 
a big pile of scraps and leftovers. Good moments throughout, but just not a very consistent, not a very, it's just a, a bland story. I think the premise was there. It has, a, a pre- the premise was good. They just wasted so much time on the Beatles shit. Yeah, you needed a, a quicker inciting incident. The core idea is not bad. Two teams or two non-denominational youth groups committed to doing the right thing, but getting so caught up in it that they end up doing all manner of bad things. You can pitch that and it's not a bad idea. It was just poorly executed. I think how this episode might have gone in the past would have been Bart Mil- you know, start off with Bart Milhouse start forming their own tribes, whatever. Don't waste an entire act doing it. Just get just get to that point. And then, you know, a good portion of the, of the episode is them back and forth with each other trying to outdo each other. And then it gets to a point where there's a third tribe. Maybe the Girl Scouts come into the, mm. to the situation. And then Bart Milhouse realizes that they have to actually work together to take down the Girl Scouts. That would be a funnier premise. Yeah. Rather than just, oh, Marge is crying on TV. Let's just stop this endless violence and sing the Canadian National Anthem. Now we're all friends again. Have them come back together for a reason that makes sense. So you mentioned the Girl Scouts. Maybe they can be the, the common enemy that brings these two tribes together to outdo the Girl Scouts. I think that would be funnier. Yeah. Or, you know, the Girl Scouts show up and basically just clear everything up and the guys realise, oh, well, lesson here is never try. Yeah, so it would have been yeah, funny to them saying, you know, our two hats together, we can take these Girl Scouts down, cut to them getting the shit kicked out of them. Like they're, yeah. they're, they're still <laughs> losing anyway and don't mess with the Girl Scouts. That That's how I think it would have been improved. But anyway, good try, Mark Wilmore. He has some funny lines in there, but not the greatest start to your writing career. I know he did write for A Treehouse of Horror as well oh. on um, on The Simpsons a bit earlier, but um, yeah, not a very solid episode. No. Hopefully, Mo Baby Blues next week is a bit of an improvement. What do you say, Mr. Davis? I do say I hope it's an improvement, and I do take back what I said earlier. Simpson Safari is still the all-time stinker heavyweight champion. <laughs> the stinker heavyweight champion. <laughs> the heavyweight stinker. What do we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? <laughs> it's a very good question. I normally have something that I learned, and it's what I, I mentioned my color system earlier. I have yes. I have put the yellow highlighter over Mango Star, John Lemon, and McIced Tea. What exactly I've learned from that, I'm not sure. So why don't you tell me what you've learned, and it may come to me shortly. Well, I learned never trust charity chocolate, <laughs> regardless of the price. <laughs> but don't you want to live that modern lifestyle? Ah, exactly right. Yes. Yeah. So uh, maybe in what you learn is that you really want a a cool beverage. I think the lesson is never open a celebrity themed novelty beverage of a band that's been broken up for like forty years. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can open it. Just don't drink. Don't it. drink it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We got there in the end. From this day forward, your name shall be. All right, it is time for the second last Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 14. Mm-hmm. The current leaderboard stands at this. In third position, we have Steve Roberts on 13, Talia Enriquez on 19 in second. And way on top this month, or this season, I should say, is Philip J. Hawkins on 29 points. The title is yours, sir. But that doesn't mean that you guys can't get a chance to get uh, on the in the wildcard draw next week as well. So next week, Mo Baby Blues is a season finale. We'll be handing out the prizes. Obviously, Phil's going to win, but we will be also doing the wildcard draw as well so that you guys, whoever has their name on the leaderboard, can potentially win themselves some cash as well. So, Mr. Davis, what have we got this week for the new name championship? Let's go. Let's go with one point. And guess who's just rubbing it in at this stage? It's Philip Hawkins with one point. <laughs> the big 3-0. <laughs> the big 3-0. He uh, gets to that milestone with the single point he gets for Brave Bart. Yeah, it's really good. I like that's that a lot. Yeah, one. I like that. Yep, yep. And you think that's 
That's good. Another gets one point. Imagine what the other ones are going to be like. Two mm. points go to Joseph O'Hara. Joseph O'Hara? Is Joseph on the leaderboard yet? Maybe this know. is his first. No, welcome to the leaderboard, Joseph <gasps> O'Hara. You're now in, in the wildcard draw next month. See, this in, is what I mean, people. Keep, keep sending the new names in. Keep pitching. Keep punching. Uh, Joseph gave us last of the Dohicans. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yep. Not a bad do, one. A, a, do, a do pun always works. Dope pun is usually a guy favourite. Or would it be would it be last of the annoyed grunchins? Because it's got to be annoyed grunt. I guess so. But uh... <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> I've never been a fan of that. Neither. We, no. we all know it's dull. Come on. It's, it's, it's an inside gag for themselves, I think, because that's how it was originally written, and he uh, made up the dull because it just it just said annoyed <laughs> grunt in the script, and he just went dull, and then that's why they just stuck with it. But anyway, continue. Nice work, Dan. Uh, and three points go to James Proctor. James Proctor. I'm pretty sure James. Yeah, James is on the leaderboard already, so he's now on nine. Mm-hmm. James has sent in what, Mister Davis? I really like this. Inglorious Bart Scouts. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Yeah, <laughs> anything like to do with fighting, war, battle. Yeah, works well. Yeah. So we got Brave Bart. Uh, what was number two? Last of the Dohicans. That's correct. And finally, from from James Proctor, Inglorious Bart Scouts. All right, that is the new names for the Bart of War. Thank you guys for continuing to send those in. Remember, if you want to be a part of the Guy Davis New Name Championship and potentially get in this season's wildcard draw next week, you're just going to be a four finger discount patron at patreon.com slash four finger discount. But for now, Mr. Davis, it's time we head over to the mailbag. Javale! Mm. Javale is here! Ooh. All right, should we kick off with the listener question of the week or should we go into the mailbag? I'm I'm going to let you steer this one, Dan. We just had the Guy Davis new name challenge, where it's my time to shine. I think you're you're the captain of the mailbag. You're the you're please, Mister Postman, go right ahead. I say we go into the mailbag first, and we'll end Do with it. the question, the listener question of the week. All right, so let's just open the mailbag up right here. Okay, so what have they sent in this week? This is from Noah Daniel. What after school club did you wish that they offered when you were in school? Yeah, both Noah and I think Andrew Kelly had sort of similar questions about what after camp school activities, activity, and, yeah, and, and that type of activities. Um, I don't know. I mean, I did my share of extracurriculars. Uh, I was a bit of a drama kid. I liked being in in plays and stuff like that. So that was kind of my oh, the indignity. I know. <laughs> I, I was Ralph as as, as FDR. Never. <laughs> That was me overacting like a little ham. Um, so, yeah, that's something that I really, really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, watching this episode and, you know, reading about the Boy Scouts of America and all that kind of stuff, growing up, Scouts always seemed a bit kind of naff to me. But you read a bit about it, it's like they teach them some good stuff, you yeah. know, all the, all the outdoorsy kind of things and, you know, respect for nature and teamwork and all that, all that kind of business. So... I don't know if I'd actually want to be a scout because, quite frankly, I don't know if I could do the whole outfit thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you could rock it, the short shorts? I could rock the short shorts. But I I certainly admire them in principle. Well, we used to have this thing at the end of the year. We used to have end-of-year activities. And I was always a fiend. I used to love going to the golf. We used to have a a snooker snooker (sighs) day as well. We just go to the Golden Triangle here in July. Oh, my God. Yeah, and all day, or for like half the day, we'd just go hang out and play pool. It was like the greatest. <laughs> and we had like, when we, when I think it was in like year 10, you got to choose. Wait a minute. I might, I might be mixing up the golden triangle and the golden cue. Where was the golden Go, triangle? Yeah, golden. No, you're missing it. You think of the golden cue. Golden triangle was the one where Rivers now is on Mallet Street. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. One. I remember yeah, that yeah. one. The, not, not the rough golden cue. No. <laughs> that was shady. But I actually yeah. went there when I was like 12 or 13 yeah, to play that. video games. <laughs> and I really shouldn't have because it's, I think it's where people sold drugs. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's where it began, people. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I wish they had like a, an after school, just where you just go to like, not in pubs, but just go, go to like a snooker hall or something, just where you can just have a play some snooker, some pinnies or whatever. Just have a bit of fun like that. <laughs> well, we, th- we thought we had a place like that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then... Their service and their food was just not up to snuff. Uh, Kenny Gad, what would your Native American name be? I'm going to avoid this because it could get controversial. Oh, really? <laughs> oh I guess not. No, we're not going to be offending anybody, are we? So Mine's put off, puts off till later. <laughs> That's actually perfect. <laughs> Midday nap. <laughs> Sleeps through alarm. Some would say living the dream. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nick Patterson, are you more a peacetime chief or men of cruelty? Oh, we're both peacetimes. Oh, we're, no, both we're definitely peacetimes. I am yeah. not a wartime consigliere. No, <laughs> not at all. Final question from Joseph O'Hara. Is anyone else jealous of how much effort Marge and Homer put into their kids' extracurricular activities? No, my, my, see, my parents were always great. My mum and dad would drive me out every Saturday morning to play football or whatever I wanted to do. My parents made sure that I had an opportunity to try and do it, if it was affordable and reasonable. Oh, that's well. I was driven around a lot, which I appreciate. Yep. I'm actually kind of looking forward to doing that when when Ali gets old enough to play footy, just waking up and driving down. I know, I know it's freezing cold and it's the, the ground's still got ice fucking on the ground because it's so cold in the morning <laughs> on a Saturday, but it's all part of being a parent. Can't wait. Well, I must admit, with the lovely Louise having uh, having her three delightful children, uh, mm-hmm. there have been occasions when I've had to go out and um, watch youthful sport and I'm like, I appreciate what my parents did all the more. This sucks. This is boring. Be more exciting. Be better at sport. And then you put something on the TV and they're like, this sucks. You're boring. <laughs> Not really. I've t- we've turned Lou's youngest son onto 90 Day. He watched it with us last night. Oh, my. I know. It's child <laughs> abuse. <laughs> Okay, so remember, guys, if you've got a question or a message for us, you can send it through to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Now, I mentioned the listener question of the week, and it was, if you lived in Springfield, which character do you think would be your best friend? And I posted it on the Facebook page and the Patreon group and on Twitter as well. I should start posting it on Instagram. I'll be doing it as of the next episode, so look out for it there as well. Let's start off with just the Twitter here. So if you're not following us yet on Twitter, at FourFingerPod, make sure you do so. We've got 3,400 or so followers now, so we're getting Whoa. up there. This one here says from at KG3152. They say, in all honesty, I'd probably have to be Lisa. I think she would make for fun and insightful conversations, and we could also spend time visiting cool places like the observatory or Egyptian museums. Wow. Sounds like a reasonable person, this does. Very highbrow. <laughs> Someone actually wrote on the um, on the Facebook page, so that the most popular comments were Lisa, actually, and this one's from Megan Fields. She says, Lisa, she hated Lisa when she was a child, but then she grew up to become... Lisa. So she understands the initial <laughs> resentment. So basically, I think a lot of viewers of Simpsons, when they were kids, didn't like Lisa. I was one of them. But as mm. you grow older, because they the writers lived vicariously through the character, the older you get, the more you, re- you realise, wait a minute, that's me! I'm Lisa! <laughs> so a lot of people think that Lisa, as much as people tend to not like her episodes, think that she would probably end up being the best friend of them. Also here on Twitter, we've got from uh, at Boris Stingy. Uh, Maverick K- Ma- Maverick Rob 91 says Groundskeeper Willie since Scots are officially natural enemies with each other I would try and break that century long tradition by being the only person in Springfield who doesn't have trouble understanding him Aww. he should see me as his best friend and as a result of that That's blessed other peacemakers good on you <laughs> 
at, J- at Jinky says Millhouse because everything's coming at Millhouse and they want to get in on that. I never <laughs> really understood that gag. I, I, I understood the gag, but I never got the, the love it, it received. Is it really even that funny? Like, everything's coming at Millhouse. To me, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, you know Simpsons too, as opposed to being yeah, funny. It's kind of adaptable. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a nice little line to throw in when, you know, you've had a little minor win. You know, you could just go, yeah, but it's like, yeah, everything's coming up Millhouse. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, no, it's, it's very plug and play. At Tim Horton 89 says Krabappel or Miss Hoover because he also works in education and enjoys the occasional snifter of port at Christmas. <laughs> what a party animal. <laughs> Someone actually, yeah, Joanna Young on the Facebook page said Edna Kay as well. Never would have imagined as a kid that Edna would be the character I relate to most as an adult, but who knows? Hmm. Uh, it's true. I think Edna Krabappel is just very relatable, isn't she? And I think she would almost become my best friend. I just think <laughs> if, you want a, if you want a good night out in the town, Edna Kay. <laughs> true. Well, are we are we answering this question ourselves? or Let, Yeah, we are going to. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. So who would be your best friend, do you think? I'd... I imagine that uh, as a younger person, my bestie would probably be comic book guy, but I would never tell anyone about it. You wouldn't want to tell anybody? I think we'd have a lot in common. I'd be like, don't, I don't want to be seen with you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the millhouse to your butt. Pretty much, yes. And I think uh, as an older person, my best friend would probably be Mayor Quimby. <laughs> I just, the, like, the person you relate to the most. Yeah, I think we just go around and sort of get into all manner of shenanigans and then try to cover them up. The mayor of Guysville. Exactly. We're, <laughs> we're both bad widow boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I think I think I'd be least as well, to be completely honest. But I'd like this one here. So from at Danny, oh, not at, it's just Danny Evans on Facebook. Uh, they say, I'd like to befriend Carl, the husky-voiced PA Homer has when he's promoted at the power plant. Oh, he struck me as a kind soul in need of a friend, and I could definitely use his energy to motivate me. I think we'd all be good for each other. Such a heckling serious answer, I know, but um, yeah, I think we could all do better with having a Carl in our life. I think that's absolutely right, and a very good answer on the part of Danny. Um, yeah, I'd love to have you know someone who would accompany me. Carl's the guy who took him to the tailor and, you know... Yeah, basically, let's go shopping. Yeah, you... <laughs> Seal it. <laughs> it's like that's what I'd want to tell a tale. If I could ever afford to have a bespoke suit, I'd go in with my you know well-fed midsection and just go. You conceal this. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised this one wasn't your answer. This is from the patron. So Mark Boston Burgess says, "Wise guy, the shady throw would be off the chart." Oh, I can't believe I forgot wise guy. But <laughs> I get the feeling he would probably turn his wise guy powers on me at some stage. Yeah. And be like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Jordan Hodgson also says, Carl, he would be the perfect hype man, best friend. I feel like you inspire you to do anything, and I completely agree. Uh, Fee Massey says, Mindy, um, <gasps> as long as she's still not hitting the sauce and has a job, um, she rides because she rides a motorcycle and knows the best foods. I mean, she's essentially just the tomboy of Springfield. She seems like a whole lot of fun, Mindy. Absolute dream lady. Yeah, 100%. Kenneth Rice says, Barney, something tells me that man has stories and he can probably use a loyal friend to depend on. Oh, that's nice of Kenneth, isn't it? Yeah. Shout out to Kenneth, by the way. He recently had a child, I believe. Huzzah, Kenneth. In the last year or so. So congratulations, Kenneth. Long time supporter of the show. We love you, buddy. And we'll just read a couple more patient responses here. Jordan Roman, which he also says, Edna Kay. Reason being, she is both an absolute hoot, but also such a sweet, sensitive soul. And I miss her being on the show. Completely mm. agree. And a couple more here. Christopher Darby, I can see him. He can see himself and Apu rocking the town. Apu is a party animal, isn't he? He is a bit. Yeah. yeah. And I know he sort of got he got sucked into the wedding because Manjula is just so beautiful and it was sort of arranged. 
And now he kind of regrets it because he's got the eight kids and he's still, you know, he cheated on Manjul, which is a terrible thing. But mm. Apu could definitely know. It, it seems like maybe him and Sanjay be like the Knight of Vogsby's type, type so, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, this is a great answer. Final one here, Matt Leewald. It has to be Otto. He's a character that actually most closely resembles his real-life best friend, almost alarmingly so, so it's an easy choice. Otto, I mean, he seems like a child in an adult body, so he's pretty perfect. much, yeah, and, you know, he's he's wrapped up fairly early once he's um, parked the bus for the day, so, yeah, plenty of time to chill with Otto. That is right. All right, that is the wrap-up of Listener Question of the Week. Thank you to everyone who contributed. Also, if you are a follower on Instagram as well, Look it down there. I'll post it on next week's show. So that is our review of The Bart of War. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next week is the season finale of season 14, Mo Baby Blues, where Mo becomes, and it sounds creepy, infatuated with Maggie. What? <laughs> Hilarity ensues. No, basically what happens is something happens and Maggie prevents Mo from killing himself. And yes, he sees it as a sign. So it becomes a bit creepy, I believe, towards the end of that episode. But I remember it being pretty... Good, better than this one anyway. I actually remember that episode, so that's saying something. So, Mo Baby Blues next week, the season finale of season 14. An early congratulations to Philip J. Hawkins for winning the Guy Davis New Name Championship. <laughs> Don't forget, nice guys, though, <laughs> if you still want to get your chance, your name to go into the chance for a um, the wild card draw, which will be drawn out next week on the finale, you're just going to be a four finger discount patient of sending a new name that Guy Davis deems worthy to get either a notable mention or a point, and you'll go into the draw next week. Also, you can just take your chances next season as well because we're going to keep doing all these episodes of The Simpsons. I would like to remind you guys, please, if you are enjoying everything we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network, all the shows we do, and you want a bunch of exclusives and early access and all the stuff that comes with it, you can support the show by being a Four Finger Discount patron, patreon.com slash discount. The link's in the description of this podcast for as little as $1. You can get access to bonus podcasts, including our audio commentary of The Simpsons movie. So it's well worth a try. Mm. Just check it out, $1, and you also get access into the Facebook group. And once you're in, you're in. We don't kick people out. So once you're in that Facebook group, you're in there for <laughs> life. So if you want to check out what all the hoopla is about on, in this Four Finger Discount Facebook group, it's just going to cost you one single dollar redo to test it out. I guarantee you, once you're in, you won't want to leave because it's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, guys, that has been the Bart of War. Next week, my baby blues. But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for our amazing listeners? Yes, you have been listening to Four Finger Discount, the podcast that melts in your mouth, not in your pants. Shh.